0: Hey, welcome to In The Way. Uh, this is Jeff, and um, I'm here with Kevin Portillo and Jess Baines. Um, hey, Kevin. Hey, how's it going, Jeff? Good, you're in the way. I am in the way. Yeah, Jess, nice to see you. Hey, All the good way to from from, from Carson, by the magic of Skype. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you guys for joining us. We're going to do our first ever uh, book club on here on on in the way so it's kind of fun um but before we jump into that why don't we just do like quick intros um so i'm jeff i'm a pastor in sacramento this is in the way a a podcast about discipleship for the sacramento district um i also have with me miriam um miriam you want to say hi (laughs) (laughs) miriam is six months old. oh (laughs) she
1: has the best opening so,
0: line she's six months old and she does not talk too much uh so but you might hear some uh, we're a family-friendly podcast so you might hear some uh, some of her contributions um and uh kevin where are you what do you do uh things like that
2: yeah so i am uh married to a beautiful bride named dana she and i live in lodi california i am an associate pastor at faith community church in lodi And my role here is associate pastor, of like small groups, teaching classes, and occasionally preaching once a month, and then pretty much everything in between that. Okay, (laughs) nice. And how long you been here at Lodi? Oh man, Uh, it's I would say over. I got here August 2018, so whatever that is.
0: Oh man, you've been here more than a year now. Yeah, more than a year.
1: That is pretty crazy. Yeah,
0: I have hung out with you like mm-hmm. two times in that. And I think this is number two. Yeah. So too bad, because I meant to do it more of that when you moved up here. That's All amazing. right, and Jess. Jess, where are you? Yes. What do you do?
1: So I am the executive pastor at Connected NAS in Carson City. Uh, JJ Tuttle is our lead pastor there. And uh, really what my role is, is I tend to kind of deal a little bit more with the administrative side of things. Um, JJ likes to joke that he hired me to be his boss. Um <laughs> I am married to Matt. Uh, we've been married now for just over 12 years, and we've got three kiddos a daughter that's 10, a son that's 8, another son that's 6. Um, life is crazy and chaotic, and um, you know, when I'm not doing the work for the church, I'm still in school working toward ordination. Um, I do enjoy uh, playing music, so I do that a lot on the yeah, side. So you slap uh, like
0: pastors and <laughs> pastors yeah, retreat.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is definitely um, that's like my outlet, my once a week where that's almost like my self care, my Sabbath kind of thing that I do because I love to do it. But nice. um, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to know? Is that good? Yeah,
0: that's great. <laughs> I think that's helpful. So. Yeah, so we're the book we're talking about is A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, um, which is you know, an awkward title. It's not a it's not a real smooth, <laughs> not a real smooth title. I was trying to think um, of like acronyms, how do you how do you break that down, but it's like Aloister or Aloist. something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> so it's by Eugene Peterson, um, and it really is sort of a, I don't know, I think it's a classic, um, mm-hmm. a classic of discipleship literature. So I'm I'm excited to jump in um, and talk here. So maybe we just kind of kick it off. Does somebody want to um, mention maybe a little about how the book is structured? I know that shows up pretty early. Uh-huh.
1: Um,
0: I think it's in the intro or the first chapter, something like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I noticed, you know, it's going through um, chapter, Psalm uh, chapters 120 through, I believe it was 135, um, and those different prayers that are in there in the different Psalms and reading them throughout life and um, just basically, you know, guiding our attention back to God and um, that he is for us, that he's not against us and, you know, that it is a, a difficult and a, um and a hard road sometimes. But um that's pretty much the structure that I have noticed. Um if you guys wanna interject some other things. But
0: yeah, no, I love that. Each so each chapter is built around one of the songs of a sense, like you said, one twenty to one thirty there's fifteen of them. Yeah. Maybe sixteen. Yeah. Okay. So um and um and you know, Eugene I I or Peterson. I don't know. I've, I've read a lot of Eugene Peterson, so I, I'd like to think we're on a first name basis, but, um, (laughs) um, so he also is the translator paraphraser, whatever Mm -hmm. of the message. Um, and so every chapter has his translation of the, um, of that Psalm out in front Mm -hmm. of the chapter, um, kind of gives you this, the sense of what he, what he means, what he's working with, the text that he's working with, um, And it's nice to, yeah, it's nice to see that. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I saw that each chapter also has like a specific theme or specific Mm -hmm. topic that it kind of hones in on. And Mm -hmm. I think the first one's like providence or something like that or discipleship. And then there's like hope and humility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, All this stuff. Repentance, Uh, worship. uh, Yeah, service. uh, And then he kind of just kind of expands on that and uses each psalm as almost like a foundation to kind of speak about those topics. Um and I think the to kind of I guess get started a little bit it's the I think the the heart of what Peterson is trying to hit at is that there is no fast way uh, in Christian discipleship there's no shortcut you uh-huh. you go you become more Christ-like by going on the journey of a pilgrim, going on the journey of following Jesus. You you can't take you know <laughs> a detour uh, to uh-huh. kind of speed up the process of becoming more Christ-like. Uh, it's a long obedience in the same direction, and so sometimes it uh-huh. could get monotonous. Sometimes it could get in a rut, mm-hmm. but there's like a discipline that kind of comes out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he he's trying to give voice to that and give language to that. And so I think uh-huh. um, I think that just kind of gives more flesh to the title itself.
0: Yeah, yeah. What's the subtitle? Yeah. Discipleship in an instant society. Yes. Um, yeah. This notion that uh, we want to take faith and conform it to the same, mm-hmm. um, the same contours uh, of everything else that we do. You know, we want to be able to kind of get it on our timetable, and if it's not on our timetable, then is it really worth having? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And and he's going to push against that. So you mm-hmm. mean
2: I can't go to McDonald's and just get a side of. <laughs> <laughs> More Christ-like so virtues. Yeah, you want <laughs> salvation. Yeah, just side
1: of sanctification with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but that. Um, uh, so in. Um. I, I think in that first chapter he talks about this. He sort of um, sets up the. Well, two things I that I I appreciate is the is the fact that he's willing to use. Um, that he's willing to use the Psalms as the foundation for um, for discipleship. I mean, so often are we want to use like Maslow's hierarchy of needs or some other kind of like psychological or sociological um, reality uh-huh. to um, to kind of bring us into the way that we're talking about Christ. And he just has this commitment that actually, no, it's scripture. Um, that's going to do the best job, um, of leading us into this place. Um, and so he calls, he calls the Psalms a dog-eared songbook. Um, this long used, these songs that have been sung and prayed and translated and taken out of context. And I mean, all of those kinds of things, but they're deep in the history. They're deep in the bones of the church. Um, and of what it is to follow Christ, so that's where mm-hmm. that's where we kind of begin, and then even just the fact that it's it's rooted in the notion of Israel going up to Jerusalem, right? You know that we're and and I've had I had professors who would always point out that you always go up to Jerusalem no matter where you are in the world, mm-hmm. right? Even mm-hmm. if you're on the top of Mount Everest, mm-hmm. um, you go up to Jerusalem. Uh, it's it's the sort of theological heights. It's the yeah. um, the divine center of the world um, it also happens to actually be on a mountain Mount Zion um, and so that's helpful that's a helpful image but um, but we always sort of head we always sort of head in that direction um, and so the Hebrews made that journey three times a year um, there were a few different feasts that they would be going up and these songs of a sense a lot of scholars think were were written or collected as the kind of hymn book that people would sing on their way up to the city um and so you know i don't know what we have i know that we're singing called unto holiness every district assembly
1: um
0: and, <laughs> and it may be the only time in the year that i sing that yeah. <laughs> but um but but that song says something about where i am and what i'm doing it tells me that i'm at an ordination service um it tells me that and and so these kinds of songs of a sense have that same kind of uh, mm-hmm. resonance with the whole people right that you're headed into the the center you're headed up to that place where worship really happens
2: i think it also speaks to kind of what jess was mentioning her her passion for worship music mm. you know uh i love how psalms are sung that that, yeah. that, that, that that the deep things of god are sung by god's people and i mm-hmm. think uh, a lot of times music does shape our theology and i think also theology shapes our music and a lot of the times I love that uh, the Israelites sung the Psalms. And perhaps mm-hmm. that's something we have lost as a Christian church is perhaps the Psalms is pretty absent in a lot of our worship settings and, you know, perhaps even prayer life or stuff like that. Calm down, so. Pastor Kevin. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting
1: on. A... <laughs> yeah. One of the things too that I, uh, that I made note of several times, um, that I felt like was a theme throughout has been how in our culture, especially we rely so heavily on our feelings and on our emotions. And those things are not things that, that we can really lean on. Um, They are liars. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, They deceive us all the time. Um, and, And so if we went where the direction of our feelings and emotions were going, you know, we would very easily be let off course. Um, and I, think you know, one of the other things that I really got out of it was, um, and I'm totally losing my train of thought here. I was headed somewhere with that and now it's gone. <laughs> um, but basically, um, you know, we do these things because we love God, because mm-hmm. we, um, we want to sing his praises. Mm-hmm. And, and I've even been convicted of in our church services. When we are doing the singing and all these different things, you know, we we've gotten very good at creating emotions. Um, at you know, we we can produce these different things by the way that we do our lighting, by the way that we do our sounds, and all these different things. And I sometimes wonder if what we're actually doing is delivering people like an emotional experience, but are we really? connecting them closer to god or are we just feeding that need to feel something uh does that make sense um but that was something i felt like multiple times that he talked about um just in these chapters that we've read so far about being sure that we understand that it's not about what we're feeling but that it is about this decision that we choose to make um and I definitely just was whoa. I want to, you know, make sure that I'm doing my part to not rely too heavily on those things that are so lofty.
0: Right, right. No, absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, I always try to. When I have a chance, I always try to tell people that feelings are they're important, but they're only one data point. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're and it's just it's one mark um, that you need to take into account. Um, mm-hmm. And usually, even though they're most, the most convincing for people in the moment, they're usually the most fleeting. And yeah. Um, So, um, yeah. yeah. So, the title comes from... Um, okay. All right, baby. All right, <laughs> baby. We hear you.
1: <laughs> A joyful noise for the Lord.
0: So, um, she talks and she gets tired. Um <laughs> The title comes um, actually out of a, a Nietzsche book, which is kind of funny. Um, he's in some ways like the the father of atheism over the last couple hundred years, um, but but he he writes. So this is uh, this is Peterson writing. He says Friedrich Nietzsche, who saw this area of spiritual truth at least with great clarity, wrote: the essential thing in heaven and earth is that there should be a long obedience in the same direction they there by results and has always resulted in the long run, something which has made life worth living. Yeah. It's this life, this long obedience in the same direction, which the mood of the world does so much to discourage. Um, because it just is um, when we when we live that kind of life, I think we're not uh, we're not susceptible to the winds and the waves. Um, you know, I'm trying to think, OK, OK, shh, shh. shh. Um, even right now, um, everything that's kind of happening at this moment in Washington, <laughs> it just sort of shows you the ways that there are, um, there are people who want to pull us into their story. And yet, um, here's Christ kind of saying, like, this is the story that I've asked you to be a part of that I've actually put into place through my people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot more certain and solid than any of those. Um, so, anyway... Well, that's cool. Um, Should we just jump into some of the other chapters? Um, I know that first one is repentance. Every time I this is like the I don't know maybe the third time I've read the book, but it always that that chapter always like throws me off.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I do love um, while we're just while we're on that chapter. I loved um, and I'm looking for it right now because I wrote a note, but I loved the way that he described repentance. Um, It's page 29, um, chapter 2, um, where he wrote, Repentance is not an emotion. It is not feeling sorry for your sins. It is a decision. Um, it is deciding that you have been wrong in supposing that you could manage your own life and be your own God. It is deciding that you were wrong in thinking that you had or could get the strength, education, and training to make it on your own. It is deciding that you have been told a pack of lies about yourself and your neighbors and your world. Repentance is a realization that what God wants from you and what you want from God are not going to be achieved by doing the same old things, thinking the same old thoughts. Repentance is a decision to follow Jesus and to become his pilgrim in the path of peace. Mm. peace. Yeah. And I I just, I loved the way that he, the way that he said that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I think because it changes our, it changes our focus, we either as leaders or as disciples, from um, needing to like create false tragedy in people's lives for the sake of um, for the sake of creating a kind of response, um, and it makes our job a lot more simple. I'm just presenting the truth and then calling people to respond to that truth. You know.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's good.
2: Yeah, it is interesting. I've always thought of repentance as kind of like a reorientation or or like there's a, there's a, a change in direction that you're going, like repentance, and I feel like that's what Peterson's trying to get at mm-hmm. and uh, that we we are going, we're always going some way. We're always going somewhere. We're always going to a direction, and repentance is now the direction is mm-hmm. Christ mm-hmm. that we choose. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love that he uses the word "program," and I think in the even in the previous chapter uh, he describes disciple and program as pretty much the same thing, as mm-hmm. people on the way. In the way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you foresaw this coming, didn't you? <laughs> in the way podcast, um, but I mean that's a question I kind of was thinking about. Uh, we t- were talking about discipleship and repentance, part of that. Uh, how do we define discipleship? Mm-hmm. How would you how would you ground that? How would you you know, put some language to that. Cause I think a lot of times we, we say discipleship thinking we know what we're talking about, but right. perhaps we sure. are not. No, we don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't know. I just interested in your guys, your guys thoughts on that. Or perhaps even what Peterson saying.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I love the pilgrimage language, Um <laughs> but I think it, so, so there's maybe a tendency to over identify with the language of being a pilgrim. Kind of like, don't, Like, I I don't know. I like, I don't like labels, man. Like I'm just, Mm. I'm just on the way. I'm, I'm, I'm a pilgrim. I'm going somewhere and everywhere I go is worthwhile. And it's Mm -hmm. pilgrims aren't just wandering, Mm. right? Like there's a difference between um, I'm somebody who's just out here walking on the road in circles Mm. without an ultimate telos or end or Mm -hmm. purpose um, and being a pilgrim who's on your way up to Jerusalem to the temple. Um, Mm. And there's a clarity about a pilgrimage and you might not know why you're walking that stretch of road, Mm. but you know where, um, you know where the road ends. Um, and and that is, and and you know where it ends because of the community that you're in Mm. and the witness of that community. Um, so, uh, I, I think if we use, if we use pilgrimage, if we talk about a pilgrimage and we mean that, that I'm all for mm-hmm. kind of the pilgrim language. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've often heard us say, uh, well, I'll be quiet for a second. Just do you want to, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I was just going to say, I mean, for me personally, um, my disciple, my discipleship journey, like me as a disciple of Christ obviously is to learn more about him, to pursue him. um, you know, it seems so silly, but really, you know, our goal is to become like Him um, in all that we do and act, word, thought. Um, and so, for me, that's exactly what what that means. That's me pursuing Christ. It's me drawing closer um, because I understand that I, I can't possibly even begin to touch um, His holiness without being in close proximity to Him,
0: mm-hmm. and I can't
1: possibly um, expect to be like him if I don't know him. Um, For me, that's exactly what it is, is I'm on a journey to learn more about him. Um, To me, what it means, like when I walk in discipleship with another person, you know, generally, and not always speaking this way, but um, there's a person, you know, who's maybe newer on their walk, um, that we kind of just will walk with them on that road to Jerusalem um share with them our experiences, uh, how we got to where we are, what, you know, let's look together at what scripture has to say about this. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I love the, the pilgrimage idea of like, we have this starting point of where we were and our end goal at least here on earth is to achieve this mindset, this heart and this likeness of Christ. Um, and so let's, you know, walking hand in hand with God to get to that point.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I One of the things that we're slowly working on um, at our church trying to put into place is um, some definitive words around what that mindset is. And like when we say like Christ-like, what do we actually... Mm-hmm what do you actually, what do we mean by Christ-like? Cause it yeah. can, some people treat it as this kind of empty bucket that they can put mm-hmm. anything mm. they like into. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So Christ must've been like this. Well, how do you know mm. that? Um, you know, it's certainly, you certainly didn't hear that from the church. Um, right. so, um, so we're, and some of the words that we're trying to, to use are kind of virtue words. So um, in particular faith, hope, love, courage, mm-hmm. um, justice or righteousness, wisdom, and then um, like prudence or temperance. So kind of seven, seven picture, like sort of words Mm -hmm. that we can, we can actually concretely look at and go like, have you actually grown in these things or or Mm -hmm. do you just like feel more comfortable at the church? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, are you, cause if, if our church is actually growing in justice, Mm -hmm. you know, if people are growing in righteousness, then there's actually going to be some discomfort in the church. And we want to be able to sort of put our finger on that. that That's a good thing. um, Even if these things cause a little bit, um, a little bit of discomfort for us. So um, yeah, anyway, I think um, that's for us, that's what we're working on. And I, um, one of the things I'm really, I, I would love to see, um happen across the across the Christian churches that churches start to have a pretty clear discipleship path. Mm-hmm. Um where people walking into their um you know walking into their spaces can go, What does it mean to follow Christ? And I'm like, well yeah. I don't know that this is right for absolutely everybody, but let me tell you what <laughs> we're working <laughs> with. You yeah. know like this is the picture that is yeah. going to catch up most people are going to be on this on a journey that fits kind of here. So um mm-hmm. So I don't know. What do you guys do here at Lodi?
2: Uh, In is, faith community? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> or, uh, or under your, <laughs> as you lead people, Kevin.
2: <laughs> that's kind of like, well, my official title is associate pastor of discipleship. So I feel like this is kind of my area. But I'm I'm still even kind of thinking about that. And I think even our church is still thinking about that. Um, it's, it's interesting because our, our this past Sunday, our one of our lead pastors preached on it's time to grow up you know, church and for people who have been here for a while or bring Christians their whole lives is like, it's time to grow up. Meaning it's time to mature. It's time to, Mm -hmm. you know, get, uh, deeper into discipleship and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, which means it it says to me that there is a propensity for us to just stay put and just come to church service or come and just warm a seat up and not really get into the life of the church, into the life of the community, you know, all those Mm -hmm. sorts of things. And so, um, there is this, yeah, growing propensity in all of us, even myself included, to stay put and not be on the way. Not, you know, mm-hmm. I, I do want to <laughs> sit by the road, pitch up a tent, and then kind of just chill, you know. But mm-hmm. I think discipleship is ever walking in that. But here at Lord, I I think we're still trying to figure out what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, just kind of uh, we don't really have it all fleshed out, but kind of the structure is people come here. You go to come some sort of foundations class, uh, you get plugged in, you get put into a small group, um, and then you kind of figure out the way. Obviously, there's membership in there, baptism included in that. Um, we don't really know like where those things kind of place, like what's step one, what's step two, what's step three. But mm. um, we're still kind of working in, uh, around that. Um, uh, the end goal, I think, here is uh, that everyone has a place to serve. That you're plugged in to a place where you serve in the church or outside in the community or some sort, sort of uh, idea like that.
0: Yeah, cool. yeah. What when I, um, well, yeah. I mean, I think even when I started at our at the church where I am at Cordova, it was like the kind of the the mission statement or whatever that was there, and and I don't know if that was there. I don't know who put it there necessarily but it was something like connect grow serve mm. um you know mm. and 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 that's all, like all of those things are really good and I don't again I don't know why people put them in that um in that order yeah. um but there can be a tendency to then go okay well service is sort of the end goal mm. like the aim and purpose and function of Christian life is to serve and then what happens is like as long as you're serving in the church, like as long as you're teaching a Sunday school class or on the board or mowing the lawn or whatever, you're like, I'm, I'm good, I'm man. Good. Yep. I'm set. Like I'm doing Jesus. <laughs> um, and I'm doing it every day. As long as I like yep. tithe and sing a song and yep. like, don't stand up too much during the yeah. sermon or fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, uh, they, <laughs> they seem to, yeah. yes. uh, so, um, so I mean, I, I'm, I'm concerned, I am really concerned about um, about those two ends of things. Like the one end is part of what Peterson is is looking at is this kind of like instant um, the need for instant faith yep. um, or faith in an instant society, right? And the other end is people who go well as long as I'm as long as I'm treading water, I'm swimming. Um, mm. You know, as long as I'm sort of in this and and really, there's a direction and a purpose to where to where we are headed, and we need to be clear about mm-hmm. that what that is so and it's tough as well, a, me, oh go ahead jess
1: i'm sorry <laughs> uh, i was just gonna say one of the things you know that um so i was at nyc um in july and that was a really neat experience. Um, I'm get, I, I just made an assumption that everyone knows what NYC is. That's Nazarene Youth Conference uh, <laughs> happens every four years for Nazarene students, high Jess, school students. I
0: think our our uh, our dozens <laughs> of listeners are mostly Nazarene and probably know. <laughs> I,
1: I know. so, but you know what? I grew up Nazarene, and I did not know about NYC till I was in my 20s. Uh, do you thought so, it was
0: New York City or something like that?
1: I had absolutely no idea what. it was. <laughs> <All right>. uh, <laughs> So. Be fair, just in case somebody out there is like, I don't know what that means, um, <laughs> and who knows, maybe you're going to get like a bunch of new people listening to it. Hey, anyway, if you're,
0: not uh, and you're listening to this, please email me. I yes, know who you are? You're my, you're my friend.
1: <laughs> um. So while I was there, um, it was the last day there, and you know, and it was a really great experience. Um, but suddenly, there was this moment when I was sitting in the arena. And I was struck with grief, um, Mm. which is weird because I shouldn't have been uh, because I was looking around. There's all these teenagers with their hands raised high in the air. Um, But then what happened was there was this realization that they weren't taught how to feed themselves Mm. at the conference and wondering how many of these people standing right now are going to be spiritually starved. Um, as soon as they go home and they're going to wait till camp or they're going to wait till the next retreat. And, you know, and Peterson even talked about that in the book too, where um, we get to this place where it's like, we're just chasing the next big thing to get our attention. Um, And so that was something that was a huge conviction for me personally. Um, And so it's almost been like, when I'm addressing the congregation, when we're talking about this, Um, there is definitely this urgency, this we're pushing for people to read for yourself the word. And I know that seems so simple, you know, but you'd be amazed how many people don't. Um they wait and they come to church and then the rest of the week they are starved. Um and so and there, you know, and there's something to the fact that Jesus did not do anything that he did not hear or see the father do. And so, if we're not connected, if we're not reading, and we're not asking, and and you know, especially practicing that discipline of subtraction, where we're we're taking ourselves away, we're moving some things, where we're intentionally seeking God and and listening for what it is He wants us to do, um, you know, we're always gonna be lost and confused on where we're going if we're not if that connection's not intentionally nur- nurtured and developed
0: yeah absolutely yeah i um i think that that sort of um inner outer connection um sure. is so in in the chapter on service which sure. what, what chapter is that looks like it, it's chapter five um he um this is a little bit further in uh, but he's okay. talking about romans chapter 12 you know that and he gives his own translation there from the message. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you, take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Mm-hmm. And then he talks about the the Greek there is um the so the most but the most significant is the remarkable last phrase, logikane latreian. Um I don't know, Kevin's Greek is probably a little fresher than mine. Um <laughs> I've L-. never
1: taken Greek, yeah. so you both have some- a <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, um, which we've heard often as reasonable service, right? I think that's the NIV or something like that, and, and being service that makes sense. So then he jumps down, next paragraph, the psalm has nothing in it about serving others. Mm. It, it concentrates on being a servant to God. Its yeah. position is that if the attitude of servanthood is learned by attending to God as Lord, then serving others will develop as a very natural way of life. Commands will be heard to be hospitable, to be compassionate, to visit the sick, to help and to heal. Commands that Paul assembles in Romans 12, 16, and 12 through 16 and many other places, and carried out with ease and poise. And we just finished up Deuteronomy and our uh, or this week's gonna be our last week in Deuteronomy. Um, and this whole the whole book is like you know, thirty-four chapters of love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And it's just mm-hmm. the question of how do you do that in the land? You've been, I've told you how to do it out in the wilderness, but now I am going to try to help you do it in the land. Um, and it's that unity of internal adoration and devotion um, that that also turns into into right service and right care for God's people, for His house, uh, for the stranger, for the foreigner. Um, mm-hmm those things really are a unity. And you see it, I mean, it's it's all through um it's all through the sort of spiritual history of the church that we have both works of mercy and mm-hmm. works of devotion. Yep. Um and anytime those things are one is is sort of separated from each other, we're in trouble. But we live in this culture that loves specialization. Mm-hmm. Right? We live in this culture that loves to say like well, I'm a football player and a football player and a football player and I don't run and I don't, and I don't play golf and I don't do you know, I only do this one thing mm-hmm. and that's what makes me good and really that's what gets you injured. Um and that's <laughs> what makes your body like break down is when you only do one thing ah. over and over and over um and your the rest of your life atrophies and the the life of discipleship is not like you know um it's not an out-of-balance life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's being able to present yourself wholly and fully to God um, who wants to raise up people uh, who aren't just specialists in one thing, uh, but mm-hmm. who are able to, although maybe if you're good at one thing, that's a gift that He's given. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. we're all called to the whole gospel. We're all called to um, to turning all of who we are over to Christ. So I think what you're saying is so good, Jess. I think there's like um, this sense in which we almost in the church have wanted to keep people dependent on us um, uh. as leaders. It's like, yeah, we're, That's well, good. I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, and, and let me just explain, because we're needed, you know, I mean, there's a reason right. why, right, especially right, right. In Nazarene church, I can't speak for other churches, but there's a reason we go through the process we go through to be ordained and to stand up there and to preach on a Sunday. And that is because, on our own, and I know that um, Peterson addressed this too, and I cannot remember in what chapter, but on our own, if we are reading scripture and we're relying only on ourselves, not that the Holy Spirit does not interpret, because I want to make it very clear that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there is a matter of we have to take scripture in context. We need to understand what were the original words used? What audience were they speaking to? So, I mean, definitely, I feel like both are needed. There's a reason why we need the spiritual, uh, the personal disciplines, but we also do need the corporate disciplines Mm -hmm. so that we are walking together, so that we are taking, you know, the education, the experience of our pastors and our leaders who are able to say and help us to make sure that we're not reading things out of context or completely wrong from what, you know, was originally intended. Yeah. Um, so I mean both it's like you said there is a balance both are definitely needed.
0: So thanks for tuning in to part 1 of in the way, along obedience in the same direction book club. Um, we are going to be coming back at you next week with part two so make sure you stick around, um, subscribe so this thing will just show right up in your phone like magic. Um, and also if you have a chance, I'd love if you would jump on iTunes uh, or whatever Podcatcher podcast app that you're using. Um, give us a rating give us a review. These are the things that help people find us. Um, it's not just my fragile ego that needs, uh, your feedback. It also helps us kind of get this message out. And so if you've enjoyed what you've been able to hear, uh, here, if you enjoyed the conversation with Jess and with Kevin and some of the other conversations you've heard on in the way, I just want to encourage you to, uh, go find a way to rate review, subscribe, do all those things. Um, it helps us show, uh, not only the Sacramento district, but others, how we might, uh, begin to follow Jesus in a more complete and full way. All right. Thanks for listening. You're in the way.